0: Gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting edition of Big D and the Sleaze. We're on our fifth episode here. We're going strong. With me, as always, the Barney Rubble to my Fred Flintstone, the Sleaze. Sleaze, say hi to the people.
1: Barney Rubble? Really? Yeah. I mean, if anyone watched the last Flintstone movie, you get the hot wife. My wife's portrayed by Rosie O'Donnell. Hey, man. How's that fair? Listen. You know, I do, I do. I, I must admit, though. I do have Bam Bam as a son in this analogy, and that dude's strong. He's pretty. He's pretty kick-ass. I like it.
0: True. But in our scenario, I get the redhead.
1: Yeah, and you know your daughter had a good look too. She had like the 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 the, uh, the, the red hair with the bone hairdo kind of thing. It looked kind of cute. I mean, they should bring that look back. Just obviously not friendly. That's like a professional dog walker or park goer. That'd be bad.
0: I think I might insert like a groaning sound effect there. Anyway, okay, so we got a good show ahead of us. We're going to start off with obviously the big news in sports, Peyton Manning. After 14 years with the Colts, Peyton Manning has been released to avoid paying the $28 million bonus he was owed. He is the only four-time MVP in league history, and in his 13 seasons playing, he has 54,828 yards. Three hundred and ninety nine touchdowns, a ninety four point nine rating, and a sixty four point nine completion percentage.
1: Yeah, well, honestly, he should be a five time MVP candidate because in two thousand ten they went ten and six with him and went were division champs, went to the playoffs. Two thousand eleven he sits out, they go two and fourteen. What other individual guarantees an eight point, eight game swing and wins. He should have been the 2011 MVP. He'd have five.
0: You asked, and I, saw, I assume it was rhetorical here, what other player guarantees an 8-point swing? Brian Leonard. Okay, so in 2010, Peyton Manning had 4,700 yards, 33 touchdowns, a 91.9 QB rating, and a 66.3 completion percentage. I don't care if he turns 20, 26. Wow, he's a young man. He's not that young. I don't care. If he turns 36 this month. If he can bounce back and be healthy, I don't think he's washed up. Slees, what are you thinking? Well, he, he
1: went down to Duke, you uh, know, on its campus, got its football field, and had David Cut- Cutcliffe, the uh, head coach. Duke was his quarterback coach, and he was in Indianapolis. Videotape it, and he did a workout. And he said, "Listen, guys, don't judge me till you see me for all three days." They put it on camera. Ironically enough, listen to this story. This is how much the guys on his team respect him. Jeff Saturday went down to snap to him. Dallas Clark went down to catch. Reggie Wayne went down to catch. Pierre Garcon went down to catch. I mean, they went down to help him to prove to everybody that he still got it. And let me tell you, the video, homeboy can still sling it.
0: Homeboy. The, The whitest player in the league. Homeboy. Have you ever seen him break dance? This is the cricket sound effect is going there. Yeah,
1: well, he he can't. I've never seen him break dance. So it was a fair question you didn't even answer it. You know, I, I understand the whole concern. He's All right, the, he he's probably the most popular free agent of all time. The question came out, "Hey, should he be like Andrew Luck in RG3 and have his own pro day?" You know, have his own pro day. Let every team, which is all but four that could could use him, come and watch him play. I, I think they absolutely should. I'd go. I would absolutely go. But you, yeah. you look at the reason why they made it, obviously, Andrew Luck's coming.
0: It's true. And you know what? Right now, basically, what they're looking at here is you're looking at, do we take Andrew Luck going forward or do we take Peyton Manning? And I'll tell you, his team around him is not great. These are not the Super Bowl... Monster Colts that they used to be. But they still have talent. He still has wide receivers around him that can catch the ball. He has Kali. He has Garcon. He still has Reggie Wayne for a couple more years. He has a running game that can take off if you take some of the pressure off of them. I think you still compete with Peyton Manning. You know, and that's one of the things.
1: One of the things I love about you is how idealistic you can be. They've never had a running game under Peyton Manning. They're never going to have a running game. Reggie Wayne's a free agent. He's going to go where Peyton goes. You stink. You went 2-14. and 14. You went 2-14 and 14 in the AFC South. You got to play Jacksonville twice and Tennessee twice. Come on. That team's terrible. They know they need to rebuild. They need the cap room. You got to let them go because, frankly, I, Andrew Luck, there's no such thing as a lock. He has no guarantee. Andrew Luck's the real deal. He's a great quarterback. Matt Barkley's coming out next year. Yeah, he's he could be good. He's undersized, though. Landry Jones, got good size, but really questionable when his stud-wide receivers went down. There's no quarterback coming. You're not going to be good as the Colts for the next two years. You're not. You're not going to be good. Go ahead.
0: True. I'll tell you what, though, and here's what kills you. You're the Colts. You just let arguably and debatably the best football player of his generation go. You've got nothing in return. And whether it's a smart move or not, in the grand scheme of things, you're going to look back at it and you're going to realize that you let a four-time MVP, five-time sorry, five-time MVP go. Well, no, go. four
1: time should be five.
0: Well, should have won in, in my 11. mind, in my mind, five time I You let a five-time MVP walk. You're knocking anything back for him. But that's you know that's irrelevant. The deal has been made. The question now: Where does he go, Sleeze?
1: Well, you, you do get something back for him. You get that twenty-eight million bucks back. That's twenty-eight million dollars a lot. Um, where does he go? There's, frankly, <laughs> there's other than the Packers, the Giants, the Patriots, and the Saints, everybody else should be lining up, to, uh, give and offering them their wives to get him, because every other team could improve by having him. Where do I think he goes? You know, you hear the typical where everyone thinks you know he's going to go. He's going to go to Miami. He's you know, going to go to Washington, everyone. He's going to go to Denver and play for Elway because Tebow's not that good. He's going to go to Seattle.
0: Well, Tebow isn't Here, that good.
1: Correct. Here are my two destinations, and here's why. Two that not anyone's talking about. Oh, I shouldn't say anybody. Some people are, but not many. Arizona Wildcats. Kurt Warner. What happened with Kurt Warner in 08, 09? I, I mean, he, he was... Painfully good. He had Anquan Boldin, Steve Breston, Larry Fitzgerald. They ran the ball. They got to the Super Bowl. You take Peyton Manning, you put him there. Hey, it's a it's a warm weather area, in an average division. I mean, yes, the Niners are good, but I need you need to prove to me that you're that good. They got a good defense. They could win tomorrow, and they prove that they not only do they say we'll change our offense to fit you, but they said that to Kurt Warner, and they did it. So that's number one for Arizona. Number two, which is a no-brainer to me, is the Houston Texans. Hear me out. They play at Reliant Stadium. The roof closes. Practically a dome. You get to go up to Indianapolis for a dome game. They're going to be terrible. You got to go to Jacksonville in warm weather. They're terrible. You go to Tennessee, where everyone in Tennessee loves you. Titans fans are cheering for you. It's a no-brainer going to Houston they got a great defense. Matt Schaub's only got one year left. Hell, in 2011, the Houston Texans won a playoff game with T.J. Yates, who was a backup at North Carolina in college. He Not only does he could he win this year, they win for the next three. Houston's the, des- the destination.
0: Okay, well, aside from the fact that playing in a dome, playing in warm weather, makes absolutely zero difference in the grand scheme of things. Statistically speaking... A warm-weather team wins in a cold-weather climate as much as a cold-weather team wins in a warm-weather climate as much as both teams win in a dome. Weather is a myth. I'm sorry, Green Bay Packers fans. It has no effect. The frozen tundra. The frozen tundra is impressive. And home home field advantage works. But it's not because of the climate. And I'll tell you what, Peyton Manning could play. I don't care where you could put Peyton Manning on the freaking moon. The guy will complete passes. He will play. The climate does not matter. So here's does he, he go I'm to the moon? That. Where does he go? He doesn't go to the moon. Now, yes, the Dolphins are a possible option here. They need someone to get Marshall the ball. They're tired of being also Rands in the East. And let's not kid ourselves. Chad Henney is not working out for them right now.
1: It's because he went to Michigan.
0: Maybe it is. I don't know. Tom Brady seems to think differently. Here's my other option here. The Jets. And yes, everybody's talking Jets, but here's why it makes sense. Mark Sanchez sucks. I'm going to say that one more time here. Mark Sanchez sucks. He is not a good quarterback. He has done nothing to resemble a good quarterback. He has shown no real signs of maturing into a talented QB. Not only that, his team is falling apart around him. Nobody has faith in him. His own teammates have been calling for Peyton Manning and for Mark Sanchez to get dumped. Rex Ryan can't keep his big fat mouth shut. He's guaranteed the last seven Super Bowls or something along those lines. I could be off by four. 14
1: I, I heard a Niner in there.
0: The fact of the matter is, if you're Rex Ryan, it's win now or get out of there. The Jets have to go for the win. And yes, they've had issues last year, and it was with more than just the fact that Mark Sanchez sucks. I really can't say often enough that he sucks, but the fact is, you got a chance to win right now. You're the Jets. You get a chance to put Peyton Manning in there. That makes a lot of your troubles go away.
1: Question, though. Does he want to be in the same city, same stadium as his brother, who just won a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP? He now goes into his shadow.
0: Peyton Manning is never in anybody's shadow. I don't think for Peyton Manning it's going to come down to an ego issue. I I have a feeling that Peyton Manning and his brother get along very well. They both seem like decent guys. But the fact of the matter is, Peyton Manning is in nobody's shadow. So where does he go? I... I can't tell, but I'll tell you as much. If I'm the Jets, I am offering all the money I have. Mark Sanchez as a babysitter. Listen, you gotta keep paying the guy for something, you sure as hell aren't paying him to not suck as a quarterback. Hey, in yeah, you, ever you know though case you haven't noticed, I don't think Mark Sanchez is talented. I don't know if I've made well, it that clear.
1: One thing though about the Jets, they uh, they got they got some cute cute female fan base. You know, so that might be a benefit. I have some cute girls that are Jets fans. I don't. Uh, well, you know, and here's one thing, though, and we'll wrap this up, is with the whole Peyton Manning thing is all these tweets going out. If it could happen to Peyton, it could happen to anyone. Business. Just no sh- a
0: business. No shit. It's a business. Move on. Of
1: course it's a business. It's money. It, anytime money's involved, it's a business. Uh, how many times do people get good jobs at good companies and then it still still look for higher-paid jobs at other companies? Boom! It's the same thing. Of course, it's a business. Grow up, educate yourself. Fair Next enough. topic, you want to move on, you want to talk about it, we got to talk about it. Stay in NFL, but the Saints and the Bounty Program.
0: Okay. Uh, so this, this has obviously been uh, breaking over the past several days now. Uh, defensive coordinator Greg Williams, he's the former defensive coordinator for the Saints. He's now with the Rams. He ran a Bounty Pool, which at any given time had up to $50,000 in it, for knocking targeted players out of the games. Knockouts, for example, are worth $1,500. Cardoffs are worth 1000 Payments double and triple for the playoffs. Now, listen. Players have been competing for knockouts for a long time. It happens. It's part of the game. George Atkinson, Jack Tatum or the Raiders. Both of them kept track of how many knockouts they got. If a guy had to leave, be helped off, it was worth so many points. If he could stand up and walk off, it wasn't worth anything. But to sit there... And pay a man and say, listen, this money, this money right here is for injuring that man like we told you to. Listen, this isn't the Coliseum. The fans want brutal hits. This is going to give it to them. But to what extent? Is is it worth getting bigger hits and bigger plays if somewhere, as the fans, we have to look at injuries and go, you know what? He's probably trying to injure that guy. Not play the game hard. Not go for the win. Deliberately trying to injure. It's not right.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think the fact that someone's out there paying, you know, a bounty to, to take someone out. And you look back when the Saints beat the Vikings and Brett Favre in the NFC Championship game. They went after Brett Favre. They went after it. They hit him late. They hit him cheap. And they were okay with the penalties. But what what is interesting to me is based on the numbers you said, $1,500 for a card off, that whatever. You know, the average defensive player, let's say even a low level defensive player makes about one point six million dollars a year, easy round numbers. That's a hundred grand a game. To get someone carted off is a thousand dollars. So it's a one percent raise. A one percent raise to potentially ruin forever the future life of a peer. And not necessarily co-worker because you're on the other t- opposite team, but it's the fraternity. You're this. You could be t- you could be teammates for next year because it's a business. So the you know the, Antonio Pierce made a comment like that. Eh, that's not going to benefit me. Winning's what motivates me. A thousand dollars to cart some knock someone out and break their leg or ding them in the head give give a concussion is not going to motivate. Me. I respect that. Winning motivates them. but it clearly worked. So I want to know what guys are willing to maim and potentially have damage for the rest of their life for a thousand dollars, for fifteen hundred dollars for money.
0: You That's know, if odd, you go James back Harrison.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and it's it, like we said earlier, Big D when we were chatting before the show, some guys just like the thrill of the kill. They don't want the price they don't have any interest in carving up the deer meat and eating it. They just want to prove dominance and kill. They don't do it to maintain. They don't do it to survive. They don't do it for a paycheck. They do it because they like the way it makes them feel. And there's a level of sickness. And, yes, the NFL has con- controlled chaos. It, I, you know, so, but it, it's a fine line, and when you add to it, when you poke an already dangerous fire with a bounty system, you're going to have problems.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you talk about, okay, it's a 1% race, But that's the Saints. Bounty systems have been around. Players have admitted that. How do you know other teams might not have, I don't know, say you're making $50,000 for knocking a guy off? Suddenly that seems a lot more worth it. Yes, if you're making $100,000 a game, $50,000, that's a big increase.
1: Absolutely is, absolutely
0: Listen, is. I'm saying, I w- if I'm one of these guys, I'm going to th- th- at least be honest with you, I would be tempted to go headhunting for an extra fifty thousand dollars if I'm making a hundred thousand a game.
1: I absolutely it, it, would. That's just it, the temptation. And you can't even put the temptation in place and you set it best. You draw the line. You can't wait until okay, well now these get these cost too much money. This is where you draw the line to sand. You said it at the beginning and you're spot on. You gotta say no, it doesn't work. You're cra- you've been cracking down on hard hits and you've been penalizing suspending players for it. goodell has gotta be consistent. He a commission in yep. the league, he's gotta be consistent and he's gotta stop it. However, I've heard rumblings, there's incentives based on winning and the further you go in the playoffs. Well, if you knock out someone's star quarterback, you're probably gonna beat him. So you take ten percent of your potential incentive and offer it to a hungry player looking to make a name for himself by taking a cheap shot and knocking the guy out of the game. Yeah. You know, you get you gotta cut them head you gotta cut the head of this monster off early so it doesn't grow. All right, so that that wraps up the NFL. The next topic, Big D, go on, is Mo Esim. That's right. For most of you listeners out there probably haven't heard of Mo Esim. Let me give you a little background. Mo Esim is a female soccer player for the for Louisiana State University, the LSU Tigers, who is trying to become the first female football player in the SEC. She has got a leg, Big D. Drilling sixty yarders in practice, knocking kickoffs from the thirty-five yard line out of the end zone. Do you think she should be allowed to play?
0: Well, first of all, I want to preface this. I mean, it's it's not unprecedented. Uh, in nineteen ninety-one, it worked for the Texas State University Fighting Armandillos, uh, with Lucy Draper uh, leading them to a big tie, actually over uh, Kansas, I believe it was three-three, pouring a rain. Big-
1: a big tie over Kansas?
0: Listen, when you're the underdog and you tie Kansas 3 all, that's a win.
1: That's a W, baby.
0: That's a win right there. Look at it this way, though. Joking aside, now for the record, five points to anybody who realizes that that was a movie reference, ten points to anybody who knows what it was. Moving on. Yes, I look at it this way. It's a little unprecedented to see a woman football player. It is. Traditionally, not what you expect. If the woman can kick... And she can. Basically, she's like Sebastian Janikowski with a smaller chest here. Uh, basically, if the woman can kick, go for it. For the record, that's not an insult to Mo. She is gorgeous. That's an insult to Sebastian Janikowski, who's kind of let himself go a bit.
1: And that's just a point, though, that you just made. She, she's a good-looking girl. She's it a is. girl. She's a woman. And I'm not, in any way, shape, or form, saying women in it are lesser than men. Now, I'm not saying that. That's not my point. No,
0: he, he's not saying women belong in the kitchen. That would be ridiculous.
1: Right. She's a good-looking girl who is going to get hit on kickoffs. Yep. Yeah, You say, okay, well, then you have her do extra points. Let's say one gets blocked. Honey, someone is going to flatten you. And so even if she can take it, here's my question. I'm an average golfer. I play golf in college. I get cut from the men's team. Can I play for the women's? No. Why not?
0: Your parents should probably sit down and have this chat with you.
1: But my point with that is, she can't. She it's a it's a it's a it's a male sport. Okay, it's a male sport, and I okay, understand. No, but there's... here's
0: where you're, here's where you're wrong, though. Okay, so I was a wrestler. Now women can try out for the wrestling team, and it's very uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable for everybody else, but they have every right to do it. Why? There is no women's wrestling team, and there's no women's football team. So until they come up with a women's football team, football is technically a co-ed sport. Yes, women don't play football traditionally, but it's not like, in your analogy, you just weren't good enough for the men's sport. She's not... This is an issue of she's not good enough for the women's sport. It's an issue of there is no women's sport. And I know I'm sounding like a feminist here, which I've never done before in my life. This is new territory. Uh, So I'll probably make at least one more women in the kitchen joke to make up for it. But the fact of the matter is... If you can kick, if you can kick with the big boys, if you're willing to take the lumps, go for it. Good luck to her. The only thing here, roll tide to hell with LSU. Yeah see
1: I I I, and I think it she can kick and she should be able to put that skill on display. Absolutely. But but there's a women's rugby league.
0: You know, there's
1: just there's no women's college football on that scale. Right. If it wasn't this big of a scale, she wouldn't do it. And
0: I, I think... You don't know that. You do not know that. She happens to be at LSU. She's a soccer player. This isn't the case of somebody who's just glory hunting, going to LSU and hoping for the best. She was already an LSU student. LSU needed a field goal kicker. She figured, hey, I can kick the ball. And she can. She's got a leg. And what a leg. Well, Go for it.
1: Then can I, can, I play for, uh, can I play for the women's field hockey team? Because they don't have a men's field hockey team.
0: Yes. Actually, that's, that's, happened, that's happened at the high school level. Men have been cleared to play.
1: Oh, yes, field at high. the high school level, but at the college level. And we both know, Big D, you only said yes because you want to see me in a skirt. That wraps up the first half of our show. We're going to play a little music for you, take a small break, come back for my favorite part, the second half sprint. So, be- so before we do that, no, you know We're going to keep the song a surprise. We're not going to tell you what's coming. We're going to make it a surprise. So sit back, get your ear holes ready, listen, and remember, Big D at tw- for Twitter Big D Sleaze at gmail.com Did I miss any?
0: Uh, big D in the Sleaze dot dot that's where you find us uh, Big there D is. Sleaze at Twitter and Big D end of the Sleaze Big D end the Sleaze at gmail.com
1: Hey they don't pay me the big bucks to remember the details only give my sleazy opinion we So don't pay you're pay list- big bucks period You're listening to Big D in the Sleaze Big City Sports Suburban Style
0: that's why I like to hear. Remember, hey, go big.
1: Or get sleazy.
0: All right, we'll see you after.
2: I am the entertainer, and I know just where I stand. Another serenader, and another long-haired band Today I am your champion, I may have won your hearts But I know the game, you forget my name And I won't be here in another year if I don't stay on the charts Ooh. I am the entertainer, and I've had to pay my price The things I did not know at first, I learned by doing twice but still they come to haunt me Still they want their say So I've learned to dance with a hand in my pants And above rub my neck and I write 'em a check And they go their merry way oh. I am the entertainer After a while and a thousand miles It all becomes the same I am the entertainer I bring to you my songs I'd like to spend a day or two I can't stay that long Now I got to meet expenses time
1: back, everybody. You're listening to Big D in the Sleaze. Barney Rubble himself is going to get the second half sprint started. The only sprint where I feel I am better at and can beat Usain Bolt. You know, I'm telling you,
0: I'm still going to take Usain Bolt here.
1: You know, to, to get the sprint feel, I was going to bring in like a little pop gun kind of thing, but they said, no, you can't do that. You live in a neighborhood. You will disturb the children and probably go to jail. So, no gun. Here we go. Off to the races, we're starting the second half sprint with baseball spring training underway full speed. A pitcher from the other side of the pond for the Texas Rangers, you Darvish. 36 pitches in his outing, 26 of them were strikes, Big D. Three strikeouts, two full innings of scoreless work. Now, he wasn't facing your dynamite home run swing, but pretty impressive first outing.
0: Absolutely. You know what? He, he looked in command. He throws seven pitches. He looked in command of all of them. He kept his pitch count uh, down. He threw strikes. He got strikeouts. And you know what else he did? He fielded his position. He did. He made it. That's an... hard to do. But well, he's a big fellow. He's six foot five.
1: Seven pitches. Seven Doesn't pitches. the catcher run out of fingers?
0: Uh, I think he starts using both hands.
1: Ah, I got you. Hey, hey, whatever works, you go with. Excited to see him. You know, he's over here. He's... Two, two great innings. We're going to find out when the season gets underway. Should be pretty exciting. Absolutely. All right. S- sticking with baseball. Uh, how about this news? Oh, I'm sorry. we're to to That's later. Johan Santana pitches. Coming back from injury, looking sharp. Two innings of work. One walk, one hit. No K's, but no runs. He hit 90 on the gun. He was throwing 91-92 before his injury. So if he can stay healthy, I think he could be more than effective. What are your
0: thoughts? absolutely if you have a match you're trying to get you're not even trying to go for 30 starts at him you're trying to get 27 28 good starts uh, he can throw I think he's got four starts in him this year if he starts opening day before he has to go to four days rest so his first four starts are on five days rest so let him get going let him throw and if he can keep hitting about 90 on, on the gun with his fastball that gives good separation from his changeup which runs 78 to 81 you keep hitters guessing on that changeup johan sotana Still the ace of the staff. Listen, he's no R.A. Dickey. I get it. But the man can pitch anyway.
1: Yeah, Johan Santana is a a great pitcher. And as a pure baseball fan, which I am by no means a a Mets fan, um, but a lot of my friends are Mets fans, so I watch Mets games. Mets baseball's fun when he's on the the bump. It's fun to watch him play the game. And I'd like to see him get a healthy year under his belt. And, you uh... know, the Mets deserve a break. You know, the franchise from the ownership to the Wilbon issue to to the money to the made I mean they just need a break
0: speaking of which I'd like to point out that our first baseman has valley fever he has got a mild case it is not symptomatic this is the thing where if you get a serious case it kills you welcome How'd to he the get Mets. it? he lives in Arizona it's yeah, like well, a what? desert thing
1: 3 or 4 years ago your second baseman sprained his ankle by walking into the dugout it's just, are you snake bit you might be but either way Let's see, he hopefully he stays healthy. Alright, last baseball topic, um, oh, after much debate and deliberation, Jose Conseco. That's right, Jose Conseco. Remember him? I do. He decided that he is not gonna play in the Mexican league after all this debate. Well he really banned. Well, right, and it's cause he admits to using a banned substance for which he has no prescription.
0: I, I for one I am shocked and outraged that a man of Canseco's in I can't even I can't even finish it. Yes, Jose Conseco took a banned substance, Jose Canseco can't play baseball. I really think this is something we can try out every couple of years, and it's still gonna be relevant. Well done yeah, jo- Jose. well done.
1: Jose Canseco uh and, and, and baseball go together like spaghetti and meatballs in the bobsled team. It like it, It doesn't make any sense on any level, in any way, shape, or form. Boy, I do love bobsled. You're right. You you do. We don't fit in it. But the the fact of the matter is, no one cares about Jose Canseco anymore. Like, this is a joke. It would actually be news if he didn't make the news. Well, that's what I'm saying. He does something stupid all the time. The amazing thing is, he still thinks he's relevant.
0: It's true, and... Unfortunately, we helped make him so, but it's just the sort of kind of story that, even though it's not news, it's too entertaining for me to pass up. This guy can't even play Mexican League ball anymore. Jose Canseco, you sir, are a joke. Moving on, what else we got? Yeah,
1: not, not, not really. Yeah, anyway. Uh, sticking with baseball. Last topic. We're gonna go come a little bit west into Philadelphia. Cole Hammels, you uh, former World Series MVP, former ace of the staff, now behind a talented staff.
0: Isn't that? Uh, nice? that
1: they, I did say east. did I? No, that's west. It's west. They're moving west. They're moving west, right? Or south. No,
0: they're moving east. Anyway, moving into Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. This isn't geography lesson. That's why they put me behind the microphone instead of in front of the classroom. Cole Hamels, former ace of the staff, now he's number three behind Halliday and Lee. They're saying contract talks are heating up. He's in the last year of his contract. He's due a lot of money. Uh, You know, my question, Big D, is if you're the GM of the Phillies, do you sign him? Do you give him the money he's demanding or could get in free agency?
0: Well, here's the question. Before I do anything else, how old is Cole Hamels right now?
1: 28.
0: 28, okay. Now, who's your ace right now, Halliday? How old's Halliday Halliday,
1: Halliday and Cliff Lee.
0: And how old are they?
1: Well, both on the wrong side of 30.
0: Exactly. You have to give Hamels money. You have to keep him, because here's the thing. How long are Halliday and Lee going to hold out? You want to have Hamels locked up and let him be the ace again or at the very least, keep him around to be stable for after Lee and after Halitay. Unless you have to pay him number one money, unless you have to do that, unless you have to pay him to be a star, you have to make every effort to keep him.
1: Yeah, the question is do they have, do they have the cash, his importance, and his value is, is is definitely very well noted. All right, let's move to hockey. The reigning Stanley Cup champions, the Boston Bruins, lose their backup. Tuca is out for four to six weeks with a groin pool. Pull. I'm sorry, blah, 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 boom goes the dynamite. The, normally, a backup goaltender doesn't get much much press, uh, but the reason why this does is Tuca played a big role in their run last year, giving old, you know, not old, aging veteran Tim Thomas a rest, so he had fresh legs come the playoffs. Yeah, I think this is big news. Are the Bruins in trouble?
0: You have to think they are. Now, Tuca's at four to six weeks. Anyone he comes back, you don't know how good he's going to be. The backup we signed, we signed Marty Turco. hasn't played in the NHL since last season, where he was 11-11 and 3, with a 3.02 goals per, against per game and an 8.97 save percentage. Neither of which are wowing you. Now, for a backup, that's not bad. But Tuca had been 11-8 and 3, with a 2.05 goals against and a 9.29 save percentage. That's a huge difference. You gotta wonder uh, what they're gonna do without Tuca. Plus, Turco can't play in the playoffs. Acquired. Yeah. What.
1: Well, uh, you know what, though? Playoffs, that's when experience matters. And, you know, hopefully Tim Thomas can keep his legs fresh and they'll be primed for another run. Yep. Staying with hockey, we're, uh, we're actually going to go definitely west, out to Pittsburgh, uh, with the Crosby comeback. You know, like him or hate him, Sidney Crosby's great for the game. Uh, it's unfortunate with what's happened to him with these concussions. But let me fill you in, he's cleared for contact. He had his first real practice with the Penguins since symptoms surfaced back in December. He was cleared for contact from first comeback in October, re- uh, from October, returned in November. He's got no time team. The return would be big because right now the Penguins are eight points out of first in the conference. Malkin's playing great stick. Absolutely. He is playing great hockey, Absolutely. but you cannot deny what Crosby can do. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, here's what it's huge for the Penguins now. It took him six weeks from the time he was cleared last time to come back. They're thinking he might take a little bit less than that. I don't know. You can't rush this. You don't want to lose Crosby. But yes, Malkin's playing well. But another reason the Penguins are playing so well: Mark Andre Fleury playing way above his head. Let's not at ourselves here. He's kind of the Mark Sanchez of goalies. He's not really that good. You can do a little bit with him, but he's not going to scare anybody. They're going to need Crosby to be really firing here if they're going to go on a deep run.
1: Absolutely. You know, Mark Andre Fleury is playing really well right now. And actually, when he was uh, with Scranton Wilkes Barre Penguins in the minor leagues. Uh, they actually, the Scranton Wilkes-Barre minor league hockey team, had a really good uh, staff member by the guy by the name of Tux Dubsworth uh, that kind of taught, some, taught uh, Marc-Andre Fleur some tools of the trade. Could pay off for him if, uh, if, if the Tuxedo's plan on getting another, another Stanley Cup. All right, let's go back to Boston, changing sports, going to the NBA. We talked about Ray Allen last week being on the trade de- trading block. Now the... Boston Celtics are saying Rajon Rondo's on the trading block. They're true point guard. Hey, I get it. They're struggling. They're 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 two games behind the Sixers for the division. Their their core is aging, so you maybe got to unload some money. But he's not part of the core that's aging. You have the true. You have Kevin Garnett. You have Paul Pierce. You have Ray Allen. They're aging. There's a market for Paul, for for Ray Allen. Paul Pierce probably is not going anywhere. There's really not a big market for Kevin Garnett, but. If that's you're looking to trade, if you're looking to trade someone, why Rajon Rondo? He's young. And good.
0: Here's why. Because he's young. The Celtics need to retool for the future. Now, you can build around Rajon Rondo. You absolutely can. But if you trade Rajon Rondo, you can get more young talent for him, maybe a draft pick. Go from there. Get more guys to build. You know your core isn't going to stick around. Get as much guys to retool as possible. Go from there.
1: Yeah, we'll see who picks him up. All right. The last, we're at the final leg, round right in the corner here. We're switching to golf this past weekend. Rory McIlroy held off a charging Tiger Woods to win uh, to, to win this past weekend. Oh, man, I forget who they played. Well, that's right, the Honda Classic, West Palm Beach. He's now number one in the world. He's the second youngest number one player in the world of all time behind Tiger Woods. Tiger shot a 62 on Sunday to try to beat Rory McIlroy and hold off him taking the reign of number one. Uh, Tiger's best scores are pro. People are saying Tiger Woods is back. They're positioning Rory as Tiger's arch nemesis and rival. My question to you, Big D, is Mickelson his rival? Is McIlroy the new rival? Is Jack Nicholas and his record of 18 majors his rival? Or is Tiger Woods himself his own rival?
0: Well, aside from the obvious, uh, the, the white women as the biggest rival for Tiger Woods, I'd have to say Tiger Woods' biggest rival is himself. Tiger Woods did not fall off the golf game because he forgot how to play golf. He did not fall out of the picture because he could not swing a stick anymore. The guy got in his head. Shit happened. It wasn't a positive. He didn't know how to handle it. He melted.
1: The yeah, and that's coming the...
0: back, He's got to get out of his own head. He's got to be the tiger he used to be. He's got to stop caring and just win.
1: Yeah, and he's, got a, he's got, a, got a lot of trouble ahead of him because there's a lot of good young golfers like Maura, Rory McElroy making a charge. Can sure. he get four more majors? Yeah, well, as yet to be seen, it's going to be a tough road. We're done. Crossed the finish line, held the parade, looked, turned over my shoulder, looked at Bolt, gave him the Dikembe no-no because I beat him to the line. We're done with the second-half sprint, everybody. That wraps up our show. I hope you all had a good night and a good time listening. And, hey, make it a great day.
0: Absolutely, and as always, hey, you listen to Big D in the Sleeves. You want to talk to us? Hey, get us on Twitter. Big D Sleaze at Twitter. You want to get us on Gmail? Send us an email. Hey, listen, I don't go anywhere of my days. I have no life. Big D in the Sleeves at gmail.com. Send me a line. Maybe we'll talk about it on the show. And as always, hey, it's Big D in the Sleeves. Go big.
1: Or get sleazy.
0: All right. Good night, y'all.